movies and booze on Moncrief. Brought to you by Lidl's award-winning wine range. Lidl, more for you. Enjoy alcohol sensibly. Visit drinkaware.ie. Yes, it is indeed. Uh, uh, time for uh, Movies and Booze. Fanula Jones and uh, Esther McCarthy and Jean Smullen. Uh, join us all once again. Good afternoon Hello. to you all. Hi, guys. Uh, lovely, lovely to see you all. Uh, you Actually, I saw somebody on Twitter saying that, Esther. Have you seen The Houch of Gucci? Do, do you have a feeling about it? I haven't seen it yet, and that's my bad. I'm afraid I missed the screening of it. But it is out today, um, and it is... Yeah, it's getting quite mixed reviews, that one. Um, from what I've heard from talking to people who have seen it, it's it's quite um, out there, it's quite arch, and I think some people are loving that, and, and some people are finding it has a, a, a kind of a distancing impact, I think. Right, OK. Well, the Irish Times just said it was garbage. Really? Yeah. Said it was it was dreary and pointless and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Okay. So, oh, so they're not going gaga for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. So, uh, so tell us about the two movies you will be telling us about today. Yeah, this is um, the power of the dog. It's the big kind of God. I'm saying the word Oscar very early this year. I've been saying it for a few weeks now, but it is the big Oscar hope um, for Jane Campion, who of course is previous in the Oscars, famously won three Oscars for the piano. Um, many years ago uh, but this is uh, I think it was was it Tara talking about Benedict Cumberbatch going on Method a couple of weeks ago or mm-hmm. what, what yeah, was it you right. Nula yeah. that's right yeah so he is uh, playing this kind of nasty piece of work he's very very good in it actually um, you know one of those characters who not only are they ruthless and brutal and violent but they can also take one look at you and go what's the chink now in that person's armour and go straight there and fire an arrow through it. He's just one of these kind of personality, kind of, not cowboy we often get to see. He's very kind of, not saying cowboys are stupid, but he's very kind of a cultured man, a learned man, uh, a clever man, and, and very devious in getting his way, very controlling, a domineering kind of scary character. So this is him... Of course, famously doing a Daniel J. Lewis and going on method. Mm. He didn't um, wash apparently for weeks. He didn't wash. Can you no, there's one. Having there's to one act big with scene. That. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And Kirsten Dunst says she she was asked to keep her distance from him. I'm sure that wasn't too difficult <laughs> yes. in the circumstances. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's great. This it's Kirsten Dunst, Benedict uh, Jesse Plemons, who's just great in everything he does, and Cody Smith McPhee, all grown up now and playing this kind of vulnerable character who is on the radar of this very nasty piece of work I suppose yeah. uh, you're going to see five stars all over the place for this I wasn't as mad about it um, as that it is very good but I wasn't as blown away by it as some reviewers and we'll talk a bit more about why later uh, why uh, whatever happened to Kirsten Dunst or was she on holidays or did she go off to do something it feels like she hasn't no. been in anything for ages I've seen her in bits. I think she's been doing maybe more indies. Uh, and oh. she did do a TV, one of those big TV series as well, didn't she? She did. Uh, did she with do Nicole Fargo? Kidman. And is that how she met Jesse Plemons? Because they're married now, I think. They're a couple, yeah. yeah. Okay, all right. Okay, I just she's thought... She's been she, chipping away now. I've I seen her I just thought she stuff, went yeah. off the radar uh, uh, for some reason or another. But maybe I'm wrong. You know the way these people can be around and you miss them. Uh, and anytime, Sometimes you can just make those kind of choices as well, I think, not yeah. to do stuff that's as high profile, you know. Anyway, anytime I ever th- uh, anyone says the name Kirsten Dunst, I, I, I think about uh, uh, Paul Connolly, who uh, way back in the, at, at the start of the show uh, was the film reviewer for a while. And uh, he kind of did a spoonerism 
on the name Kirsten Dunst uh, <laughs> and uh, and then couldn't get a straight word out for the rest of the, for the rest of movies in the booze. He was laughing so much. Uh, so uh, the the other movie, Esther. And now I can only think of one word. Thanks for that, Sean. <laughs> the other movie is To the Moon. This is um, a lovely little Irish indie um, by, by a documentary maker by the name of Tygo Sullivan. Um, it's quite art house, this one. It's quite out there. And I think we haven't seen much art house cinema in the last year and a while. So it's, a, it's nice to see this coming to cinemas from today. Um, and it's a kind of a... It's a lunar love letter, I suppose. What they're doing here is... a using archival footage from like dozens of movies from all over the world to pull together this kind of, it's not a documentary in the sense of like, this is the moon, this is the circumference of the moon, this is the information about it. So I was kind of a little bit, I had to kind of switch pace with it at the start because that's what I was expecting, big science thing. Mm. Um, but it isn't, it's kind of an ode to the moon. So what they're to, doing is taking clips from uh, from films from like dozens of different countries around the world and mapping it all together with photography of the moon um edited through through different parts of the world and at different phases of the lunar cycle and they're kind of what it is is giving the story of the humankind's fascination throughout history with the moon and what um and i suppose the mythology and the beliefs people have around it as well which is quite funny um there is one stage where you're given a good time in the lunar cycle to go and meet a nice man because he's going to be the man you marry and i'll give you all the information about that as well later okay that's mad ted uh, i kind of actually <laughs> like the sound of that uh yeah Aoife says, wacky. uh Aoife says kirsten dunce had a, a supporting role in hidden figures 2016 it was in the beguiled with nicole kidman 2017 then she got a Golden Globe nomination for On Becoming a God in Central Florida. Yes, I did. I saw, I saw that. Uh, I think she's she was in great the- in the she was great in the Beguiled actually. And that if you missed that film, it's a really good movie. It's so- Sophia Coppola's film with Nicole Kidman and Kirsten, who plays a very repressed kind of character in it. Um, and Colin Farrell is in it and it's set during the um, American Civil War. It's a really good drama that and it's probably on numerous platforms by now because I think it's about two, three years old. Right. OK. Yeah. Did you see that on Becoming a God? No, no, I did yeah, not. It was I only ran for one season. They axed it. Mm. Uh, it was quite good, I thought. It was kind of like about those kind of pyramid schemes where you're, uh, you're selling things. Oh, uh, uh, and, that sounds very up my street. And uh, it was a very black comedy. Yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, it was a shame that was asked. Anyway, Jean, what, what wines are we going to be talking about today? Okay, well, we're going to have uh, New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc and um, basically get it while you can because there isn't going to be a huge amount of it next year. Um, the harvest oh, was why? down. Yeah, you see, they lo- they've lost about 19% of the harvest in the, um, the 2021 vintage while it was really, really good. There just isn't enough of it to meet global demand. So you're also going to find your prices of wine are going to be going up a lot in the new year as well, but that's another long story. So we're going to be looking at uh, Sauvignon Blanc not from uh, Marlborough, but actually from another region in South Island called Nelson. And then um, last night, actually, I was at an online tasting with... um Jean-Charles Caz, me and 92 other people, of course, um, tasting wines from Chateau Lynch Bage, which were absolutely beautiful. But I have actually, I'm going to feature um, a Pouillac uh, made by the Caz family, uh, which is absolutely gorgeous, a Bordeaux wine um, in the reds. OK, yeah. Are the tastings now back online? Yeah, they are. And in fact, the New Zealand Wine Fair, which was supposed to be taking place on the 31st of December, I've now moved to the 7th of March. Uh, hopefully we'll have, a, we'll have some chance because I normally sell consumer tickets for that. So right. That'll be now 7th of March and let's keep our fingers and toes crossed. Is the scarcity of the New Zealand wine, is this because of 
uh, COVID or Brexit? Can no, we blame the Brits, legit, Brits for this? No, 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 nothing to do with the Brits. The, the logistics, oh. I mean, the global logistic problems are having a, are causing havoc in the trade, you know. I mean, it really, really is. But um, what's happened, it's just they have had a small harvest and now you've got China wants New Zealand, Sauvignon Blanc, the United States, you know. So Ireland is kind of, we're way down on the pecking order, you know, and it's just literally supply and demand. There isn't enough, and in fact, Sauvignon in general is going to be hard to get next year. Like the Loire had a, I remember the, the terrible frosts in mm. um, April. They Their production is down. In fact, the OIVVS report came out and all over the world, uh, the volumes of wine produced are down about 4% this year. And this is the third year in a row. So l- literally, the, the climate change change is affecting um, wine production and there's just not of it to go around not a, enough of it to go around so um, you know but buy what you can this Christmas you know Jesus I'm sorry I asked um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, the, the, the hashtag is, is trucker movies uh, uh, one example being the Beatles tailback on the subject of the Beatles do we need another Beatles film? Your, really? Your face. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be very naggy today. <laughs> we obviously had that uh, documentary that's out on Disney Plus now, Get Back, which is all like the kind of archival and behind the scenes footage, but we're actually getting biopic uh, soon. I don't think we have a timeline for it, but they've basically announced the cast for like the Fab Four because the manager role had been announced previously. A lot of newcomers, a lot of people that I'm not majorly familiar with, but maybe these names will spark a spark in someone's brain as they're listening. So Jonah Lees is playing John Lennon. He was in The Letter for the King. Uh, Blake Richardson is going to play Paul McCartney. He could be seen in 11 Days. Uh, Leo Harvey Elledge is playing George Harrison. He was in Creation Stories. And then we have newcomer Campbell Wallace is going to play Ringo Starr. Uh, Jacob Fortune Lloyd, uh, he's in the lead role, so it's kind of more on... Brian Epstein, the manager, as opposed to the band. He was previously yeah. cast. And then other people, you have Adam Lawrence, people know from Piggy Blinders. He's playing Pete Best. And then we have Jay Leno as Ed uh, Sullivan, because obviously the Beatles were on uh, okay. Ed Sullivan's show in 1964. So not sure that. about that role. They're kind of, the people involved are pretty complimentary of him and they say that he brings a lot to it because obviously he has the experience of previously being a late night host, but... I don't know. Um, in terms of who's directing, uh, Jonas Ackerland was uh, on board. He left three weeks into shooting, uh, forcing the film to temporarily shut down, which doesn't inspire a lot of joy. But um, Sarah Sugarman, who people know, she directed Vinyl, which I think got very good reviews. She's after taking over. So could be interesting just because it's from the Epstein's perspective as opposed yeah. to... But the band, but does but that will the like will the Beatles feature on it heavily? I wonder, or is it just they're in the background and we're following Epstein doing whatever he does? I I, th- I think they will feature pretty heavily, but I yeah. think it's kind of more how he brought them to the position that they ended up being in, and like the biggest fan of the world, obviously. So you know what though, that like do mind now. You know the way people go absolutely ape when there's casting over Star Wars films or mm-hmm. whatever. People will go insane about this if they don't approve of these people. Yeah, that's it. But like, a lot of them are so new that it's, which I kind of think is probably nearly better for this. Like, you can imagine if they would have cast like more, and these people could be much better known, and I'm sure the listeners will correct me, but you can imagine, again, as you said, people are precious about these kind of casting things. I think it's probably a good call that they went for kind of newcomers or people who are just kind of cutting their teeth on stuff, so. But all the outraged granddad Beatles fans, they were going, who are these young people? (laughs) 
<laughs> my yeah, granddaughter could do that. Yeah. The dead ones. Uh, right, so Jean, uh, what did we drink okay. first? Let's uh, talk about this vanishingly <laughs> rare Sauvignon well, Blanc. Yeah. Um, it's not only New Zealand, it's all over the world. It's a, you know, but we, it'll, it'll be back, it'll be back. A good harvest next year will be fine, fingers crossed. Um, this is the 2020 Greenhawk uh, Sauvignon Blanc. It's... Um, Normally uh, 20 euro, but it's actually on offer in Curious Wines at 16 euro until the 31st of December. Now, Curious Wines are um, an excellent wine warehouse in Tremor Road in Cork. They sell a lot on wines, on sorry, online, www.curiouslawines.ie. And this is one of the wines that they bring in uh, directly themselves. Um, I've actually been to Nelson. I was there in 2016. It's an amazing place. It's absolutely beautiful. And again, it suffers because, it, you know, everybody, when they think it's South Island Sauvignon Blanc thinks of Marlborough but Nelson is you know it's it's kind of to the west of Marlborough and it's right up on the coast but, but on the Marlborough Sound amazing place a beautiful um, scenery um, I just remember having lunch with the wine uh, maker overlooking this wonderful estuary and the place was beautiful um, and they make some very very good wines um, so basically this was a, a young couple um, on this uh, winery uh, Andrew and Jenny Greenhawk and um, in 1990 they settled in a, in a little town called Hope oh is that a lovely name Aww. anyway uh, they started um planting vines and um, then they decided they got committed into making you know organic and um, biodynamic wines and and, and now they've nine hectares which isn't huge but they're all certified organic so this is actually an organic wine um, Nelson only has about 3% of the co- country's total vineyards so it's it's minuscule um, and they make like you'll get lots of cool climate stuff like Rieslings there and Pinot Noirs and you know the, the wine making is very interesting well, what I saw of it when I was there um, but I, I think you know this is a South Island uh, Sauvignon style. I thought it was actually really lovely. You're getting all that kind of green pepper and the, the, the sort of nettly uh, thing coming out of the nose. And then when you try it... Yeah, it's, it's a lovely crisp acidity, citrus fruits, gorgeous. But the... Um, the Mike who runs Curious also sent me the 2018 Greenhawk Hope Vineyard Sauvignon Blanc. Now it's a bit more, a bit more expensive. It's 24 and um, it's on offer at 1940. Oh God, that blew me away. I had that the other night after a really bad day. Did you ever have? You, did you ever just like you've had a rotten day and you sit down? And you say, I'm one right now. I'm having <laughs> wine. And I open this and literally this explosion of beautiful tropical flavour and oh. wonderful winemaking. I tell you, it cheered me up no end. And it wasn't just the wine, but it just, uh, God, this is lovely. So mm. definitely, um, you know, um, Nelson Greenhawk, um, Curious Wines, check it out, buy it online and enjoy Sauvignon Blanc from New Zealand um, for the moment. Why you can. can. <laughs> uh, Texter says, I think we get this text every week now, we should stick to European wines, far too big a carbon footprint, bringing wines halfway across the world from New Zealand, Australia, South America and the USA, etc. I think Mick, actually, was it Mick last week who dealt with this very well in, in that they have done studies on this in that within Europe, that wine is being loaded onto a truck and you would have hundreds of trucks driving around Europe as opposed to a massive ship uh, that would bring over bottles and or and, and, uh, a, lot, and a, lot, a lot of the wine comes in tanks as well yeah. Yeah. and, and, it's and the carbon footprint yeah. is actually quite equivalent uh, yeah. in that respect and, and one thing about New Zealand is they are so big on sustainability in fact of all the of the wine countries in the world they really have been you know, for at, at, I've been working with New Zealand wine now for 21, 25 years actually. Jeez, next year, twenty five years, and they have since in in that quarter century, they have always very been very very strong on 
the environment on sustainable winemaking. So, you know, they, they, they do care. They do give a damn. They always have. Long before it became fashionable as well. Uh, Ger says, could you please ask Jean, is there anywhere in Ireland that stocks a white Portuguese wine? The name is Casa da Passarela Descoberta. <laughs> just rolls off the tongue, really. I <laughs> uh, had it in a restaurant in Goy. It was really delicious. It's probably just available in restaurants. But I tell you, Latouchen Greystones is very good on Portuguese wines. And I think he sells online as well. And um, Wine Mason, they're another. Uh, and they sell online, definitely. And they also have a little shop there in Leeson Street upstairs. Uh, oh, it's a, I've forgotten the name of the shop. But anyway, Wine Mason, they've got a website. Uh, they are really good on Portuguese wines as well. You may not get that one, but you'll get a good, you know, I mean, I love Portuguese wines. There's some brilliant, brilliant wines. Um, so, yeah, try those two and you might see, you might you might get lucky. Actually, then I think your answer might be exactly the same for the next question. Where can I get the white wine woolly sheep? I had it in a restaurant. Can't find yeah, it anywhere. The, you see that they see that there's certain Zealand wines one. that yeah. just are on the restaurant lists and then the others that are on retail lists. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right. What uh, movie would you like to do first, Esther? Um, let's stick with the New Zealand team, actually, because New Zealand is standing in for the Wild West here in The Power of the Dog, Jane Campion's film. Okie dokie, the very stinky Power of the Dog coming up next. Twenty-five years since our first run together. Nineteen hundred and nothing. It's a long time. What you doing? Getting mixed up with her. We were married Sunday. I wonder what little lady made these. I did, sir. Open up the gate, let him out. You sure he's not ready? Go on, let him out. It's just a man, Peter. Only another man. <laughs> There you go. That's uh, The Power of the Dog. Uh, a cowboy movie. But is it like a cowboy movie set in cowboy land? Yeah, I mean, it's it's shot in Campion's native um, uh, New Zealand, but the, the mountains in New Zealand are deputising for the mountains of, of Wyoming. Um, and it's 1925. And uh, as Kirsten Dunst's character says to her son there, he's just a man, he's just another man. But what a piece of work uh, this man is. Um, his name is Phil. Uh, he is a rancher who kind of run, runs a lot of ranching in the area along with his brother, who's played by Jesse Plymans. His name George. Um, but he's just one of these scary cowboys. He is like very observant, very intelligent, very quick-witted, uh, can take you down like a shot. Um, and he's, as I say, one of those um, characters who knows what your soft spot is, what what causes pain and uses that very quickly, figures out what that is and uses it to inflict humiliation, really. Um, he's a horrible character, Sean. Like there is nothing redeeming about him, mm. but he's great fun to watch. Um, and he couldn't be more unlike his brother, George, played by Clemens, who is he's very like the very unlike they're very close, having said that. But Clemens' uh, character, he's a mild-mannered, kind of open-hearted kind of man. Very sensible, very old school, uh, very old-fashioned way of speaking. And he has none of his brother's volatility. But mistake that for passiveness at your pearl, because one day, um, Phil, uh, you know, they arrived in the, to, to the tavern run by a woman named Rose um, she's played by Kirsten Dunst and they 
and her son. Her son is played by is played by Cody Smith McPhee. Um, and he's his name is Peter. But he's uh, George is very taken with her, and kind of straight away kind of gets into an arrangement with her. Really, you know that they're going to marry and they're going to set up a life together for themselves. So like Phil has never experienced this his brother before this kind of and 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 the wedding's done it's a done deal he tells him after the fact that he is married to this woman and that he is going to become stepfather to her son so Phil like is incensed as you can imagine at um what he sees as a perceived shift in the power dynamic between them and also a threat to his business and his livelihood so he's kind of becomes intent on using intimidation tactics to uh impact on on rose and peter and to try and get them out of out of their their lives basically um as you can imagine with a slow burner there's sexual repression stuff all over the place with this sean i i will say no more Mm -hmm. but uh you start to wonder as you get to know what's going on with him why is he so mad and, and what all that is about um but the cruelties, they're horrible. There's one, Kirsten Dunst is trying to play the piano at one stage and she's trying to play this tune faster, but she keeps making a mistake. And he stands up behind her with his banjo and plays the tune perfectly and faster oh. as she's trying to master it on the yeah. piano. Just getting inside your head stuff, you know. Uh, Peter is uh, a Cody smith McPhee. We're never told as to his sexuality, but for sure... He would be what would have been regarded in the period as an effeminate character. Um, he gets teased by the cowboys uh, because of the way he moves and because of the fact he's quite a delicate character. Um, he made these beautiful paper flowers for the tavern for dinner, put loads of work into them. And what does your man do? Uses one to light his cigarette and then dunks it in a glass of water like he's a horrible man. Um, and then there's one great like full on I drink your milkshake scene from Cumberbatch in this, uh, you know, his there will be blood moment where he's asked to, to wash before dinner because it's been a heavy day in the ranch and the people around him are frankly getting quite sick um, at the smell. And he just growls, I stink and I like it. Um, and I think that's going to follow him around for a while. That 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 scene in real <laughs> life. I mean, yeah. I can see people shouting at him across the street for a while. Um, so like, Rose adores her son, and she is kind of repressed as well. We we don't really get to learn early on why she's on her own with this boy, um, but that she really she's a character who really deserves happiness, you know. Um, but he chips away like he kind of drives her to drink quite literally um, during the course of the film and you kind of wonder okay what's going on with this man what's he repressed about is 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 there question marks about his own sexuality or what's all that about that, you know and and it keeps you guessing it's gonna I think guarantee second Oscar nomination for Benedict Cumberbatch who was nominated a few years ago of course for the the imitation game um, and and he will be the main competition, as it stands, I think, to Will Smith um, in King Richard, which we talked about last week. Uh, having said that, there is a lot to like about this. There's a lot of interesting stuff. But mother of God, the pacing, Sean, it nearly drove me mad. Uh, it's not the running time. It's two hours, six minutes. That's a tidy enough running time for Western. Uh, but it's just so deliberately ponderous mm. and that, that's very characteristic of, of Campion's work and I mean a lot of people admire her as a filmmaker I felt the same about the piano I was like 
will we ever get wrapped here so I can go home? <laughs> like it was just, <laughs> it's the it's the ponderousness, deliberateness of it. Like I can get on board with that if the storytelling's there for me, but if it's not there for me, I just get really impatient. And that kind of drove me to distraction. So I found when I was writing up the review for this that I liked it more after than the actual experience of watching it if that makes any sense okay you kind of look back and go okay there was stuff to admire there but it God, it sucked the life out of me sometimes watching uh, it uh, um, if there had been a lesser actor than Cumberbatch what would the movie have been like then I think it, no I think uh, I'm, I'm contradicting myself I know the storytelling is there it's just a ponderousness it's the style of filmmaking for me um, because what happens in this in I'm not going to give stuff away but the last half an hour of this is absolutely fantastic right um, because what the narrative had led you to believe through the course of the film is flipped on its head in some really really interesting ways um, but it was the journey for me it was uh, it was just yeah a bit slow a bit biblical as well so if you're into kind of if you are into films Paul okay. Thomas Anderson people like that you're going to get on really well with this um, you know I think there's a biblical reference to the title The Power of the Dog and there is a big shadow on the mount- one of the mountains overlooking the house where they, you see a dog's face so it's big on all the metaphors and stuff like that right okay um, but yeah, mother as... of God does it take its sweet time to get there <laughs> right okay somebody did text in earlier on uh, looking for uh, woolly sheep wine Seems to be everywhere, at least in theory, it's in everywhere. Uh, somebody did text like, didn't they just Google uh, and uh, immediately came up three different places, but it's out of stock. Uh, so apparently it's hard to get. So I don't know if these suggestions are going to be any useful or not. Uh, you can, uh, someone says you can get it in fresh. Uh, that's the chain of shops. There's a few branches in Dublin Docklands, one on Wackford Street. Rachel says you can get uh, three woolly sheep in a KWM wines in County Down and they deliver it to your door by courier uh, the next day, uh, Rachel said. Uh, somebody else wants to know, how do I bring in a couple of cases of wine from California? The best Zinfandel I've ever had is from Limerick Lane Winery. Um, it's it's quite difficult to mm. um, if the winery are prepared to ship the wines in you have to pay the Irish duty and VAT before they actually leave um, the United States which adds a huge amount to yeah. the cost and California is not cheap anyway that's you know I mean so your ex-seller price is going to be quite high and then you've got to your your shipping cost and then you're going to have to pay Irish VAT and duty and you know and, and then you still are going to have trouble getting out of um, if it's going to a private address sometimes it gets pulled by um, it gets checked by customs that's their job and they, they just, have to and they've just changed the um or, uh, during the summer, the, the European it must be just a Brexit. The European Union brought in a new set of rules, and so filling out the forms is far more complicated. And if they don't do it right, it can all it'll yeah. be sent back again. Yeah, so, so oh, nightmare. It, it, it is nightmare. I mean, you know, uh, it, like it is, you know, that's why you're you're better off just trying to see what you get you can get whatever is here on the market. You know, mm. that's already brought in. That's the importers do all that job, and they bring in. Now, you know, you might have somebody that actually does have that wine. Um, but no, it's, it is a bit of a nightmare to, to, to bring stuff in um, into Ireland just, you know, a case or two and it costs a fortune. Yeah. Right. So when we think of uh, cutting edge comedy, of course, we think of Germany. Uh, so uh, what's happening there with uh, Ricky Gervais? Yeah. So they're making kind of essentially like a, a German extras kind of. So he had basically he's after boarding this. He's on the back of this because he had tweeted in 2019 
he tweeted this actor, uh, Keita Ramadan. Uh, they play the character in a series called Four Blocks. I'm not familiar with it, but basically he tweeted saying that he loved his performance. The exact tweet was, congratulations, another masterpiece. Off the back of that, I think Ramadan got on to him about doing a series similar to Extras, um, but kind of satirising the German television industry. Um, so it's been greenlit. It's happening. Um, like, I think the whole thing is that they're trying to do Extras, but he can't get the celebrities that like Gervais would have and mm. whatever else because it's like it's Germany and they're not like chock-a-block with international celebrities so ah. there you go if you want a TV show just be really good in something and Ricky Gervais m- okay. might do for you maybe. yeah but when Ricky J- Gervais said another masterpiece he wasn't like taking the piss or no I don't think it. so he I don't actually know a lot that. about that Four Black series um, yeah. it seems to be decent but yeah it was... but it was a German series anyway yeah. that's yeah. why you don't know much yeah. about it it was a German comedy series yeah that's why you know know anything about it. Uh, they, and uh, Mickey Mouse is going, it's spending loads of money. Loads of money, yes. So is this a cocaine fueled binge on Mickey Mouse, Mouse's um, part? Not that, not that I'm aware of. I haven't been privy to the exact documents. But yeah, they're going to spend eight billion uh, more on content in 2022 than they did in 2021. Um, an eight billion increase. Uh, I think they're looking and at like twenty. Disney rather than Mickey personally. Yes, not yes, not Mickey yeah. personally. Yeah, Disney. So they're spending twenty five million dollars on content. It's going to be. I think they're looking looking at like 50 theatrical movies and then some stuff like direct for Disney Plus obviously so like there's 60 unscripted series 30 comedy series 25 drama series loads of documentaries a couple of made for TV movies which I find that description kind of strange because like nearly everything is made for like what differentiates from you know, for to take the example of like a home sweet home alone or something, I don't think they describe that as a made for TV movie, but it was streaming only. You know what I mean? I That's because it was rubbish. Uh, Have you, did you watch it? Uh, I, I, the child watched it. Even the child, <laughs> even the child thought it was rubbish. <laughs> That's off my list yeah. then. Um, mm. Yeah, but if you compare it to the likes mm. of. Uh, so you're looking at uh, Discovery or obviously they're merging with Warner Media. they're looking to spend like 20 billion on content in the first year uh, Netflix are looking at 14 billion next year so they're they're up in the stakes they're right okay the stakes. yeah but still I mean if if Netflix is spending 14 billion 8 billion is considerably less than that no it's 8 billion more so it's 25 oh, billion in right. total okay. yeah, yeah now the thing is in the States they have ESPN Plus or whatever so they like I think there's a lot more money involved in buying the sports rights and stuff but like there's clearly a big investment there I'm trying to think of what other kind of new things they're bringing like the Kardashian series is Disney Plus's technically because like Hulu is Disney Plus we'll get that on Star I would imagine I would imagine that is big box isn't that coming to an end it ended on E, but then they got a new like it's never going to end. They're prepa- like they're cockroaches. But this like, is just like repeating the same stuff. I thought they were like we they stopped doing it. They they've stopped doing it in this guise. We don't actually fully know details in terms of what they're actually going to do. But I think they're trying to like reposition it that it's going to be kind of more on their businesses and kind of more yeah like behind the scenes. It but <laughs> essentially it's going to be the exact same thing. It's going to be the yeah exact same thing. basically. But just but, but like if you like the Kardashians, you're going to eat it up. Right. Thing, okay. So. so when they said they were going to stop doing it, they were lying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay just so we're clear on that <laughs> where would it end though I don't mean about the Kardashians but they're like it that never will Paramount like, Plus is supposed to be arriving in, in Europe uh, next year yeah and like really but I mean who can afford it all seriously no, yeah. nobody can afford it all and it's the same and, and there's only a certain still notwithstanding this amount of money they're all spending there's still only a certain amount of content and it's the same stuff over yeah. and over mm. yeah 
As yeah. I said, I'm still voting for the Monopoly. Just have one place where I can watch it all. I'll pay a bit more money. I just can't be bothered with multiple subscriptions. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think everybody would vote for that. Uh, uh, Mold says, proud to be a Grandad Beatles fan. Betcha there won't be too many Grandad Ed Sheeran or Jay-Z fans in 2071. <laughs> oh, you got them. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, there you go. Which are you? Which letter are you? Are you a millen- you're a millennial le- or you're a generation know. what? I get confused. Uh, not said. I don't. Yeah. In the middle of between one of them, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't I know. would also argue that there would be a lot of granddad Jay Z fans, but Ed Sheeran maybe not. But yeah, you never know. You never, never know. know. I, a baby boomer and proud. <laughs> <laughs> okay. yes. yeah, seriously, I'm a baby boomer. You know, I am in favour of. I can't feckin' remember. Right, right, this is gorgeous. This I've been sipping it. This yeah, is, yeah. yeah. Um, this is a, the Famille Cast 2017, um, an AOP from Puyac. Uh, it's normally 42 euro and it's on an offer price until the 2nd of January at 31.95 in O'Brien's. Um, yeah, last night, Jean Charles Caz, who is the family who own um, it's Chateau Lynch Badge, which is a famous yeah, it's a Bordeaux not, Chateau yeah. with, with obviously Irish connections, but um. The Cass family bought it. Um, oh well, he's, it was his great great grandfather. So it was uh, sometime at the, the, the turn of the last century that they, um, the 1930s, in fact, they bought it. And in fact, they were a family of bakers. And he was telling a very uh, funny story about you know, like the grandfather didn't know anything about making wine, but because he was a baker, he knew about yeast. So he figured he'd buy a vineyard. You know, like in the days when a baker could buy a class growth vineyard, and say, oh yeah, well yeast, I know how yeast works, and made wine. Built an empire, and then actually, what they ended up doing was, that, you know, that they they weren't making huge amount of money out of being bakers, so they got into the insurance business, and they made loads of welly out of that, and then. That meant that the, fa- the the grandfather was then able to invest in the winery and they created this incredible winery. And in fact, they rebuilt the winery um, about, oh gosh, 10 years ago. And in fact, it's just finished now. They they started looking at it and they got, you know, the very famous architect Pi. Well, they got his son to des- redesign um, the winery. Pi? Yeah, you know, Pi, the, the uh, Japanese architect who built the... Um, the pyramid. Lost me there. The P.I. P- his name is Pi. He built the pyramid in the Louvre. That was what okay, he was yeah, for. Yeah. Well, his son has just um, built the, uh, rebuilt the Chateau Lynch-Bage for the Cas family. So they, cool. these, are, these are all the interesting things you learn when you yes. go to wine tastings <laughs> online. But actually the wines were brilliant. So we actually, we, we, we got to taste um, half bottle of Lynch-Bage and Orme de Pez, which was gorgeous. And various other wines that the Cas family done, uh, sorry, done, do or make. Um, so basically, uh, this, this, this particular wine we have here today is the third wine of Chateau Lynch Bage. In other words, um, you know, the, the, the main wine is Lynch Bage and then they'll have a second wine that's called something else. And this is kind of the more affordable version. And they use it, they use all the same techniques, but maybe the, the, the vines that they're using are not as good as the, the ones that go into the, the, the big daddy, which is the Lynch Bage. Mm. But I think this is gorgeous. It's a blend. It is delicious. It really 74% is Cabernet Sauvignon, 23% Merlot, 3% Cabernet Franc. It's a wonderful introduction into the style that is Lynch Bage, which was a originally a fifth growth in the 1855 classification. In fact, I don't think it was in the 1855 because I don't think it was it was in existence then, but it, it's the equivalent of it anyway. That that doesn't matter anymore because that, nobody counts that anyway. No, no. Now, no two, one does. No. 2017 was an okay vintage. That was uh, There was big frosts that year, but actually it turned out to be okay. But you, look, even the smell, like you get that gorgeous pencil shaving and, you know, kind of that really rich, dark, 
fruit for aromas and then when you taste it it's absolutely yeah okay well that's gene tasting girls I finished mine already (laughs) Uh, uh, it was lovely though absolutely lovely a treat for Christmas Uh, this is not going to go with turkey but if if you fancy a big Uh, lump of steak it'd be gorgeous with that you know Um, 31.95 in O'Brien's and it's the 2017 Famille Gaz AOP Okay, right. So what's the what's the second movie we're talking about today? Esther, we don't have time for a clip, obviously. Uh, okay, uh, Steve yeah. K was too busy emoting his brains out there. Uh, so to the moon. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, first of all, actually, Power of the Dog is on in cinemas this weekend and on Netflix from next Wednesday, just so you know that. Um, to the moon is in cinemas from today. Uh, and I suppose it's just a little bit of relationship advice for, for women. Um, if you can count 12 stars next to each other on the moon on three vanishing Thursdays in a row, then the first person who says hello to you after that will definitely be your husband. Um, wow. Also, okay. it's, a, it's, it's also a good. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very good day to do sorcery, um, but not such a good uh, day to spin yarn in the moonlight. It doesn't come out well. So that's the kind of quirky stuff you learn in okay. this film, I suppose. What they do, what what Tygo Sullivan, the filmmaker, is doing is this lunar love letter featuring. Um, Beautiful montages of moonlit cinematography filmed across the five continents with clips from movies. Now, he's gone trawling through national archives all over the world. And that relationship advice was from an old Estonian movie. And he's just picked all of these quirky things to demonstrate um, humanity's fascination, I suppose, with um, the moon and, and lunar cycles and the effect it has on us and what it does to our lives and stuff like that. So it's really interesting like that. And it's uh, very quirky, as I say. You don't get much science. You get, get a bit of sorcery, though, as I've mentioned. And you get readings as well. Um, there's lovely extracts from James Joyce about the tides um, from South American writer by the name of Clarice uh, Lispector uh, and a couple of American poets as well. And they're read by well-known um, Irish actors. And that it's just all lovely. It's a kind of mm. a crazy dream sequence lunar movie. Is what yeah. how I would describe it. It sounds and it's lovely. very different. Yeah, it's in cinemas from today, but this one will also be rolling out. Um, so it's in uh, two two Dublin cinemas and and Cork and Galway, but this will be rolling out across arts centres and venues around the country as well. So it will be br- brought to communities. Uh, you know, which is what I like about. Yeah, sounds brilliant. Finally, and and obviously briefly, because uh, I, I do want to hear about the J.R. Tolkien cryptocurrency. Oh my God, I love that I have less than a minute yeah. to explain cryptocurrency. I know, I don't have, try I... that bit. Just like, <laughs> I, let's just assume it's a scam that mugs fall for. Basically, there yeah. were some lads trying to kind of do a Lord of the Rings-esque cryptocurrency called like, the one token that rules them all, a riff on J.R. <laughs> Tolkien and the estate were like, absolutely not. Like that, one of the, the one of the, one of the hobbits it's Billy Boyd plays Pippin in the films. They got him to endorse it. They had this mad website that looked like Middle Earth, made it look like that it was, this was fully a Lord of the Rings product, but shut down. Don't do it. Don't do it if you know the biggest dates are going to come after you. You'll never get away with it. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, Fanula and uh, Esther and Jean, thank you all uh, very much. Movies and Booze on Moncrief. Brought to you by Lidl's award-winning wine range. Lidl, more for you. Enjoy alcohol sensibly. Visit drinkaware.ie.